Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. It's time for a noon kick. Let's go, man. Come on. Let's have some fun, man. This is Danny and Dusty on Football Friday. You gotta see it. You gotta see it. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The Fan. Good afternoon! Hey, happy Football Friday, everybody. Danny and Dusty with you. How's everybody doing? We good? Oh, we're we energized? Just, just splendid. You're in your Jordan Christmas sweater today? Yeah, you likes, huh? Yeah. I do. I like. I, I'm. I'm a fan of Christmas sweaters. Yeah, wife got this one for me. Fa la 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 la. So I'm feeling mildly festive. It's it's kind of a Jordan brand ugly Christmas sweater. Okay, it is. It is. I'm for it. It's super comfortable. You know what? You know what that is though. Mm. You're wearing it just because you're in the holiday spirit. That's true. But the person that buys that sweater mm-hmm. and then wears it to an ugly sweater per- party is the person that is actually way too cool to be at the ugly sweater party, you yeah. know? Like, they're just like, oh, I'm not going to buy a, a real ugly sweater. And you're wearing a Jordan ugly sweater. If you're yeah. at an ugly sweater party, you can't do that because it's not ugly. It's Jordan. It's bougie-ass it, it is. ugly sweater. It is. So it makes it acceptable to wear on every other day. Yeah. So you wearing it on a day like today. Because I'm going to the game. I say that's a good-looking sweater. Yeah. If you were to wear that to an ugly sweater party, Which I would, I would shame you. I would, I would shame I, I you. I would 100% do that. No, you need 100%. to wear something actually ugly. I, well, to be fair, I would wear this one, but mm. I also do have, like, I had some heinous ones, too. That's right. And I'm talking, like, half-inch thick wool. Yeah. That's the that, way you that go. That actually matters, too, to me, when we're talking ugly Christmas sweaters. Yeah, yeah. Like, the one I have on right now is very thin. Mm-hmm. And it's also very, very soft. Yeah, it's, it looks it's, comfortable. It's, it's a very comfortable shirt, not gonna lie. Um, part of the ugly Christmas sweater, like the uh, appeal, so to speak, is it's not only just how ugly it is, but how uncomfortable it looks. Okay, does does that track? Yep. Because yep. like if it's like I want it half inch thick wool. I mean, you won't the, be sweating. Yeah, sweating, and you, like you're you're yeah. getting that that itch under the under the neck. The Tyrone Biggums. Oh, yeah, at all times. Like, that's 
That's part of the grading process for an ugly Christmas sweater. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I have one, or just it should be really funny. Like go funny. Totally fair. Like and I have pro- the profane even. I have the Mike Tyson Merry Christmas yeah, there you uh, go. sweater. I own that one, and nice. I will. I will wear that from time to time. Hell, I'll wear it. Probably not. That this is too close, in my opinion, to. Uh, or too far away from Christmas to be wearing the Christmas sweater. I do appreciate you are wearing that for a reason. You're going to a basketball game yes, tonight. Yes, I will be at a basketball game tonight. So it is both festive and Jordan brand basketball. There you go. So there's a reason for it. But uh, or you go for just something that you find at Goodwill, and you're rolling the dice. I I firmly believe that part of that itch is not just the wool. It's the Goodwill coming off on that bad oh, boy. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, you're you're. you're you're definitely wondering where it came from. Tis the season, though. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. Jeff Rust, how are you, sir? Oh, just dandy. Are you in the holiday spirit today? Sure. <laughs> the closest Damn. we've got to the uh, Christmas sweaters at the Rust House is the the matching uh, uh, ugly Christmas sweater T-shirts. Look, you with, don't with have my... a budget for ugly yeah. sweaters because your budget on clothing is filled with... Pop culture references. Yeah. And look, you keep up with that quite often. Well, much like our matching ugly Christmas sweater t-shirts, my wife says, why is the carpet all wet, Todd? And I mine says, I don't know, know Margo. Great line. Yeah. What is that from? Great line. Oh, Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yes. It's a big tree, Griswold. Where are you going to put it? Bend over and I'll show you. Wasn't talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of nerve talking to me like that. <laughs> I need to throw that one back on. <laughs> uh, it's so good. I need to throw that one good. back on. It's so good. It's just a quote machine. Like, Cousin Eddie, yes. uh, it's so bad that he is a absolute weirdo. Absolute lunatic. Yeah, yeah, he's gone off the deep end. Oh, you think? I mean, <laughs> I, I got it. Is he still shacked up in Canada, or is he, is, has he made it back across the border and into jail? You serious, Clark? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think. You, you, I think he's still in Canada? Still in Canada? I think. All right. Look, if you're gonna go crazy, go crazy, crazy. Yeah. Don't just go halfway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's isn't there a picture of him actually wearing tinfoil? Yes. Yes, he's done stuff with tinfoil hat on. Um, I do see. I don't. I don't know where he's at. Oh, we got legal issues. That's a. That's a big one. Oh boy. Um, there's a lot of scrolling. Yeah, we're scrolling. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think well, I'm I'm looking at California and Vermont arrests here. I think he's uh, traversing the nation's local jails. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, but uh Cousin Eddie kind of maybe he went to method with <laughs> researching Cousin Eddie. <laughs> All right. Save the neck for me, Clark. Now, how is he related to Dennis Quaid? Are they brothers? Brothers, brothers yeah. yeah. I think they they are brothers. Yeah, yeah. All of them hey. can't be great. <laughs> no. <laughs> Does it make you wonder, like, all right, what what kind of skeletons does Dennis have? And that's not fair to him because uh, we all have those li- relatives. literal skeletons. And by the way, if you're like, I don't have any relatives like that, you are that relative. Yeah. Uh, speaking from experience. <laughs> <laughs> if you're like, no, no, my family doesn't have that person in it. Well, time to look in the mirror, bud, okay. uh, because that's going to be an experience for you when you start doing that soul searching. I, I just found this. Did you know that there's a, and this, this is quasi-sportsing, 
just popped up on the feed. Did you know they're doing a 30 for 30 on Reggie White? I saw that the yesterday on defense. Twitter. Yeah. yeah. That deserves I, one. I'm in. I'll be I'm, in, yeah. I'm, I'm in. I'm in on that. A hundred percent, I am in. The man had a move called the hump move. It, it, it was unstoppable. Yes. It was on, he was he was an incredible football player, but his story is just as incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, from the University of Tennessee and then, you know, being really the first free agent to go to the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. and his whole his entire career, his story is it's incredible, man. He was he was one not just one of the best defensive linemen, but you think of like the people that he took under his wing over his his career in the mm-hmm. later stages of his career, and kind of the people that he mentored and developed. It, I'm in. I, I can't yeah. wait to see that. And I mean, he was an interesting dude. The insane thing to me is like that that hump move. Mm. He did it without like any pads on or anything like that. Like he was just a a grown man, like, country strong. You know, we we talk about Trent Williams being like maybe the best player in football. Yeah. Because of his size, his strength, his skill, like Reggie White was like that at defensive end, where he was just so big, so strong, so powerful. Taking guys like you know Larry Allen and sending them flying, mm. which nobody on this planet should be able to do. No, like like that shouldn't be a, a thing that anyone else should no. be able to accomplish. No, and yet he was. He did it. <laughs> like he that's the it. kind of thing where you just kind of throw your hands up and go, ah, built different. Yeah, that's. I would like, uh, like the cool stories that you hear from guys that like had a cup of tea in the NFL mm-hmm. are the ones of like you hear Suk will tell these every now and then, like being on the scout team offensive line and Across seeing Sapp, Warren right? Sapp yeah. just being like, oh God, here I go again. <laughs> yeah, I'm about like, to go for oh, a ride. Oh boy. Some of those stories though are incredible when you hear of like guys, they have one on these one on one matchups in their life. And mm-hmm. it's like his career was amazing. But he also made mine so short. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, and it, all you can do is laugh when yeah. you when you line up across from a guy like a Reggie White mm-hmm. or a Warren Sapp because what are you going to do? Nothing. Mm-hmm. The, the answer is nothing. Yeah, the, the answer is like quite literally nothing. Yeah. The, the, there's nothing you can yeah. do, and that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Trent Williams had his uh, – th- th- there's a, a podcast. I wish I could credit it, but I'm scrolling through social media the other day where he said his welcome to the NFL moment was DeMarcus Ware. And DeMarcus Ware hit him with like kind of a variation of the hunt move mm. where he stunted him hard outside and then swam and then kind of papped him, uh, gave, him gave, gave him a little paw as opposed to the, to the big club to the head. Boop. But he goes, I went this way, I was looking at the sideline, and then he broke my quarterback's back. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's going to be a long day. So I had a... Uh... I had a, a coach that he was he played up at the University of Washington in the late sixties, early seventies, and he had a story of when he first came out of the tunnel. Like I, these are the stories that I love at at the University of Washington, and the crowd was yelling. He said that it wasn't that I was scared; it was just like I was so nervous. He goes, "I'm so lucky we wore gold pants because I pissed, I peed my pants in that moment. Just like, in that moment, he was just like." Oh my gosh! Because yeah. it was so loud, so just like, so overwhelming. Yeah. It was his first time ever doing it. it was just like, Bop! well, there goes that. <laughs> just lose your bladder. And I'm not going to say his name. I have respect, but like, I I can't get enough of stories like that when guys are just mm-hmm. like, man, 
Like it's different. Never, yeah, it is different. Like, and it's a very small amount of people can ever experience that. And that is, that's really cool about NFL or high level of college sports. You and know? even less can experience it and not do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's when you know you're truly different is that the moment's not too big for you. Yeah. I mean, like, y- yes. In, in going out and performing and just being like, all right, here we go. Let's go. You know, like LeBron James. Yeah, but you know, my high school quarterback Eric Ainge, he had mm-hmm. those like he started as a true freshman at Tennessee in front of a hundred thousand people. Mm-hmm. You know, like he and it, I think he was asked like, you know, what 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 about the moment? And he was like, if you're scared, get a dog and tie it around your waist. It was like, oh come on. <laughs> How long have you been workshopping that one? Uh, his whole life, but like that, <laughs> and his dad had said that. Oh, I don't know, a billion yeah. times to us growing up. Ron, like, what family does it come from? The Ainge family. Oh, like, right. yeah, his dad was coaching sixth grade basketball. <laughs> Just put me on the bench, going, "You got five fouls. Use them. <laughs> Use all of them. Like, don't be scared of anything. Don't let anybody show you up." But like, you can't imagine being in those situations and being in those moments where, uh, think of that. A hundred thousand people all just like screaming for you and your teammates like that. That's crazy. Or at you <laughs> and if going into a hostile environment and knowing that nobody there wants to see you succeed. Nobody there. Hmm. Yeah. It's like being, ever, it's like being here today on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> You know, well, uh, actually, it can be like when you're taking a dump on Twitter and you're True. scrolling Twitter, right? You're just sitting there and you're catching strays and, mm-hmm. you, you know, you got 100,000 people out there. They're just yelling at you well, on Twitter. Come on, man. But, but these people are in real life right there in front of you. Yeah. All right. I don't know how we got there. That's very sportsy. I know. I I, I saw. I, I was just scrolling. I, I got so excited. I saw the uh, the Reggie White 30 for 30. Reggie White's one like across all sports, one of my favorite players of all time. I wasn't even a yeah. Packers fan. Reggie White made me a Packers fan. Mm. Like I, that would, remember, I mean, we grew up in the same time period. Like the Packers were on TV all of the time. Yeah, and I look, man, it was hard to watch Raiders games, even when they were good. Then it was just up here, Packers were on, and Reggie White was so bleeping dominant. Now that I think about it, that team had a lot of a holes on it. My God, Brett Favre, Mark mm-hmm. Shimura. Sharper was on the last version of that team, right? Mm, I don't know, but you had no, multiple like, nice guys guy. that went to jail. Yeah, you did. Yes, you did. I don't know. No, I don't think he was because he was Cowboy Saints, right? Wasn't Sharper on the Packers in the early I don't know. years? I don't know. But they had good guys. I mean, you have Reggie White who countered the bad guys. That's what I mean. Yeah, he was a good guy. Desmond Howard seems like a good guy. Yeah, you know, he was on that '96 Super Bowl team. God, that team was really good. Yeah, Sterling Sharp. Yeah. Yeah. Who does, like, he gets just overshadowed by his brother, who's one of the best tight ends ever to play the game. Yeah. Two brothers playing in the NFL, mm-hmm. really dang good. Really dang good. Yeah. Both very good. Well, Don Beebe was on that team, too, right? Uh, Beebe was a Buffalo Bill. At, well, I think he may have been on the Packers he, in 96. I'll say, I think he yeah. was on that team. Don Beebe, fast white guy. This is this is turning into uh, just dudes talking, sitting around saying names and i love it yeah yeah you know like don bb was like one of those guys where you're like oh wait he's really fast like he don bb high school football coach now no kidding yeah bb was on that team with uh uh keith jackson and antonio freeman what oh no and robert brooks aurora university the spartans Mm. he's a college football coach oh i have no no idea 
He went to Shadron State. That's where, uh, uh, isn't that where uh, Danny Whitehead went? Mm, I think it might be. Your Whitehead, your Whitehead knowledge would be better well, than mine. One of those small Nebraska schools he went to. Uh, yeah, Green Bay Packers, 96-97. Buffalo Bills, Carolina Panthers in between. Yeah, you, you look at that Don team, man. Good Goodness. There's a lot of people on that team. Yeah, well, no wonder they won the Super Bowl by a billion. <laughs> that team was loaded, man. Mm. Mm. All, All right. right, so there you go. All right, well, that we sported way too hard here at the very beginning. It happens. Yeah, yeah. It's December 8th. Mm. It's a football Friday. We got a lot of football that we need to get to. We got some basketball that we need to get to as well. Um, I want to hear from the folks that went to Dave Chappelle last night. We had a, We had a bunch of listeners at the end of the show yesterday say that they were going to Dave Chappelle. I wonder how Chappelle's show was. How was it? I'm, I'm assuming that it was very funny. But arena shows are different. I would much rather see a comedian in a smaller venue I than a do. larger one. But you just can't do that with him or Kreischer or Segura or Burr. Like, you just don't... Which makes it that much more cool when they do... When you, you know, can catch dip them in and, yeah. do it and and work new material in a small room. I saw Jerry Seinfeld at the Schnitz back in the day. No kidding. Did you? Yes. It was like right after the first season had. What aired. was the deal with that? How yeah. was that? What's the deal with Great Nuts? I saw Dolly Parton at the Schnitz. That's the I think that and uh, like school plays are the only times I've ever been to the Schnitz. Yeah. I feel like I need to probably go back again at some point, but Dolly Parton. I remember that concert. My my parents made me dress up. I was <laughs> yeah. not a fan of it. The only thing I think I've seen at the Schnitz is Brian Regan. Wore like a camel hair coat. I remember that thing. It was very uncomfortable, and I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> I feel like that, that's like the the biggest venue you can go see a comedian and still have it be like remotely intimate. Intimate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like once it gets once it passes like theater level, it's it's it, it gets to be the even the small arenas. It's just like whoa, yeah. Because part of like seeing a comedian is seeing their facial expressions, them like being close to them mm-hmm. makes you Feeling feel the more funny. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. With, and not even the people that like work crowds, just in general, like you, you great comedians, you can feel their energy. Yeah. All right. Um, so let us know on the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. Um, your dollar goes further at Vancouver Ford. They treat you right before, during, or after the sale. Visit them online, VancouverFord.com. Or if you went to the show and you're watching us on the YouTube stream, youtube.com slash 1080 AM, the fan i already see uh we have so many folks uh rufio very active we got harry is active in the in the stream as well so uh go be part of the the stream be part part of that comments community because boy is that an adventure it's an adventure Indeed. And a half in there in the youtube comment stream so we got a lot of sport that we got to get to today it is football friday we dive into the nfl weekend that will be we got some great storylines in some individuals that are on the precipice of history uh, this weekend in the NFL. Week 14, that's sad. That's really sad. Mm. Got the last weekend of regular season college football, too, where you have Army-Navy going on. Bill Belichick going to be the um, guest picker for college game day. Does no he... days off! Mm. No days off! I'm surprised, smile. He, I'm surprised he yeah. went down there because that means the taking away from the Patriots at that point. Well, they played last night. Well, they played Thursday night football, and Saturday is it's in Foxborough. Still, which still definitely, prepping. No days helps. off. Still prepping. Yeah, he. I guarantee you, he's going to be just crunching film, and then he's going to just roll over to that, that that uh, that little desk 
in front of Foxborough, mm. and he's going to be like, he'll watch film and get pissed at something. Yeah. And then it's come over grumpy, and McAfee is going to break him. Oh, they're going to be like, so a uh, big win in Thursday night football. And he's just going to be like, it's already been addressed. Like, what is he doing that picks? Like, if he's sitting there, because in the order of the picks, he'll be third in picks. That's mm-hmm. what the guest picker yeah, always is, right? Yeah. Like, if everybody's like, oh, all right, coach, get your picks for Army, Navy. And it's like, Navy, Navy. And then Bill. It's already been addressed. I'm going, everybody's already picking Navy. I'm going to yeah. go with Navy. Yeah. Uh, 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 but um, <laughs> we got Army, Navy. And then we have, uh, we got some big college football news. Because if you are a duck or a husky, well, you got a big weekend ahead of you this weekend um, because it is the portal openeth. You got big closing weekend in recruiting before we get to the early signing period. Uh, and then we got some basketball that we need to get to as well because Vegas was a thing last night. The in season tournament semifinals last night. It, it tournamented so hard. It did. And the one game gave us about all we could handle, and the other one, not so much. Not so much. But you, my friend, criticized the level of execution in Thursday Night Football, and I believe Mm. we need to address that next. Danny Dusty on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. All right, Thursday Night Football last night, uh, Patriots-Steelers, a game that, who'd have thunk it that we saw opening drive touchdown by the New England Patriots? Not us. The over, I don't think anybody did, the over hit by halftime of the game, and then the game that we all thought would happen happened in the second half. Um, eight total points scored in the second half. New England wins 21 to 18. And uh, you said that you were going to the remix game and that you would have higher level of execution at that than, than in the Thursday night football game. And there was. I argue, no. There was. I argue. Great basketball. The best event on television last night was not either of the semifinal games of the in season tournament because the Pelicans just didn't even show up. It was Thursday night football. Riveting television, Bailey Zappi. Womp womp. And Mitchell Trubisky. This team blows. They do. I think what we saw was two bad teams playing football last Just night. Just so we're clear. Yeah. Giannis did not outscore the combined 
no. Patriots Steelers. Yeah. No, he missed it by two points. Missed it by two points. Thirty-seven to thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Coward. Thirty-nine. Yeah. Well, come on, Giannis. What are you doing here? Unbelievable. How could you not uh, go for it all and get to forty at least? His coach. I thought that we were going to see though, at the beginning of the game. I thought we were going to see the offenses both stall out a little bit earlier. And look, this is a the 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 most frustrating part about watching the reaction to that game is that people now believe like Bailey Zappi is really good. Didn't you get a text message from somebody about that? Yeah, you. Uh, but no, social media was like Mac Jones deserved to be on the bench. And Bailey Zappi at the beginning of that game, he made some really good throws. I mean, it was it was pretty impressive. But it's almost as if most of the people didn't watch, I don't know, that game or the second half of the game and just stopped watching after the first half. Well, I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of how a Patriots game this season has worked. I will tell you this. You don't watch the second half. The drive chart in the second half, like Bailey Zappi in that first half, one, got protection from his offensive line that we had not seen all season long. And I mean that all season long. His receivers were actually making plays on the ball and were, and he threw some absolute dimes. He did. He threw some really good mm-hmm. balls. But when you look at the second half, their drive chart went punt, interception, punt, 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 punt. They got three first downs in the second half. Say this is three first downs in the entire second half. Mm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the Bailey Zappi is the future is crazy. The Bailey Zappi is better than Mac Jones is crazy because they're the same guy, which is not very good. Not mm. very good. And what was even more glaring, though, was that he was going up against Mitchell Trubisky. So any, My any, God, is he bad. Anything that he did that was negative, it was just amplified by Mitch Trubisky so He's, so stinking he's bad. He's so stinking. So are the so are the Steelers on off, offense. Off, it was offensively, not it was not Matt Canada's fault. Well, no, both it was both can total, be true. Yeah, okay, I'll, both uh, yes, can be true. That is because very true. they're awful. They still suck less without him. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you because that because he was doing less with Pickett. Yeah, who look, Pickett's not a great quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-mm. He's better than Trubisky. Oh yeah, I mean Trubisky's—he is—he is a average. That might be this might be rude to average backups, but he's an average to below average backup. I think he is. I think that is what you're looking at as an average backup. And he's like at the line, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. You're looking at like that line: twenty-two of thirty-five, one hundred ninety yards, a touchdown, interception. That is—you'll take that out of a backup quarterback in the NFL. Okay. The reality of it is that. We saw in Thursday Night Football two franchises that have historically been really good, and their defenses are are good. New England's defense is good. And it's missing guys. They are inept offensively, oh, both God, those teams yes. are. And they're, Bailey Zappi, it was really easy in that first half. He just finds Hunter Henry and throws a couple of touchdown passes to him in the first half. Happy birthday, Hunter Henry. Mm. But after they kind of take care of the Hunter Henry issue – that their defense had, the offense kind of bogged down in in the second half. And that is the story of what we see in bad football teams. This is uh, two teams that have whiffed after you go and you try to get the, the, you try to replace the legend. 
this is what usually happens, and this is what makes what Green Bay has been able to do so over insane. Your, and the team doesn't get enough credit for it because they're awful outside of the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. The Chargers have been really damn good at the quarterback yes. position for, for a very long time, decades. Yes, for decades, they've gotten it right. Mm-hmm. For decades, and it's it is a people forget Drew Brees to Philip Rivers to Justin Herbert, like that is absolutely bonkers. And yes, <laughs> but it's everything else around that yeah. franchise that is so hard. And it's well, that even that's not true because through that period they also had Ladanian Tomlinson. They also had you know mm-hmm. the uh, the Antonio Gates is like they had other Hall of Famers. Yeah, that to help bolster that that the franchise is just stupid. But it is so hard to find that guy. Yeah. And it, it what it takes is, structurally, your entire franchise has got to be strong to help a young quarterback along. Sure. Right? Like, Patrick Mahomes is still going to be good wherever he goes, right? Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes isn't who he is if he's not with Andy Reid and the Chiefs organization with the way that they built that roster around him. You take that Russell Wilson is the exact same way, right? I think Russell he, Wilson in Seattle. Look at what San Francisco is able to do around Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo before that. You, your roster building, and we just are like, oh, it's the quarterback's fault. Yeah, uh, 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 uh. Are uh, the uh. only times that we've seen, hell, maybe the only time that we've seen that not be true be and in the modern era is Andrew Luck, where he was just so great he even elevated a poor roster. Um. Yes, I mean that's, but, that's that's the only exception I can think of where a young quarterback was just so good. But we uh, we they also did get had, better. They had they were really good in their skill positions around their offensive line ruined his career. Yes, and and that's to your point of yeah. like, but they had the skill positions around him were still really still good. still really solid. Don't yeah, really look, good. better than the better than the the Patriots. And, For sure. But I think that Andrew Luck is that testament to just how good he was. Like, Joe Burrow is another example of yeah. this. Like, I, I, he I elevated a roster around him, but then also you look at the weapons that he is, he's been able to have you around sprinkled him. sprinkled Jamar Chase in there, and all of a sudden it was like, ah, there it is. And that is, the every every team is looking for that quarterback, and they, they just search so hard for that quarterback. Well, it's one of 11 guys on the field. It's one of 11 guys on the field at that time. So you have to marry the quarterback, the coach, and then build a roster roster competent enough around those guys. And that's one of the things that like, I think is a justifiable knock to Dak Prescott, right? On the Dak Prescott's not elite. Well, Dak, Dak Prescott's really good. He is. He is I, really I good. I get my jokes off because he chokes at the most opportune times, but, but he's... An incredibly talented quarterback. The fact of the matter is, he walked into that roster and they had one of the better offensive lines. They they had the they had, deepest they, yes. offensive Hands line. Down when they he had first seven got there. deep in yes. the NFL. That's nuts. And, and four, four Pro Bowlers. His his skill positions were absolutely yeah. loaded. Right? Did his defense let him down early? Yep. Yes. I'll give that to him. Mm-hmm. I'll give that to him. His defense has gotten better. Like we we make the jokes at Jerry Jones and stuff, but Jerry Jones has built a competent enough roster. Their coach gets in the way at times, and then Dak. He'll melt down for you in mm-hmm. those those crunch time situations, yeah. right? But that's why it's like always unfair to call Dak trash, but also Dak is not one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL, not no. top five quarterback in the NFL. The truth lies directly in the middle of that. Actually, kind of leans more towards he's better than what people that call him garbage will say. But the the point is that 
it is so hard to build a complete roster. And that's why it's insane what Philly has done, what San Francisco has done, what Kansas City has done, because getting that roster there is so incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. And then keeping a dynasty is just as hard as getting your team to that point to where you're going, you're saying, Hey, we got a window that's open. Sometimes that window opens Buffalo bills and you try everything and it just doesn't, it doesn't work, work out. out four times in a row, four times in a row. And then right and now, then now for five years, five years. <laughs> God, <sighs> that's brutal. It's tough. That's brutal. Don't, uh, don't kid yourselves though. Bailey Zappi had a great night last night. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I grabbed it it's, on my phone for about probably two minutes and I was like I'm not watching this no because <laughs> the first half was halfway decent first you know, half was according fun. to the, the drive summary and kind of the clips that no I'm it was it was it was fun and, and then I actually... flipped the second half on I'm like this is awful <laughs> just put it away but here's the point is that what we saw in the in-season tournament last night mm-hmm the in-season tournament was the big competition, right? Yeah. ESPN, like, at 2 o'clock is when that game they, tipped off. Well, I mean, they the reason they did that is they ran away from Thursday Night Football. <clears throat> it's what they did. Yeah, they, and that's probably smart. You got, you're going to own the championship mm-hmm. game on Saturday. Yeah, well, and plus you've got two NBA games on two different broadcasts in the same building, so you got to have a good amount of, you know, cushion time in between. That's Here is... off at 2 and 6. Yeah. I wonder how that works as far as the crews go, cameramen. Do you think they share? They're, they're, they're usually, they're, they're almost always contractors. So yeah, I know, but like uh, because that's like a, for for those that know you, like here in Portland, when an ESPN crew comes in, they usually use the same, mostly the same crew here, with the exception of some AV guys. Yeah. So that first game, it got us, it gave us a little bit of something, a little, little juice to it. The second game. The Pelicans juice. did not show up whatsoever. Yeah. Let's dive into the in-season tournament because we have more questions than answers from the two teams that lost. First is Russ with SportsCenter. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. All right, Vegas was the side for the play-in, or the in-play-in, the in-season tournament. Mm, no, the other thing that people said they weren't going to care about that they care about now. Yeah, the in-season tournament uh, semifinals in Las Vegas yesterday. The Pacers beat the Bucks 128-119, advancing to the final, where they will play the Lakers, who absolutely dismantled the Pelicans 133-89. to uh, Let's start with the first game, because it is not all rosy in Milwaukee with Damian Lillard and his new team. They were in that game till the very end. They were. And then Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton. He was on one. Like, he had a finish at the rim where he went up and under an incredible finish in crunch time where you're just going, he is not going to be denied, right? And any time that lead got down to three, he would answer Mm -hmm. with a big score and just took over the basketball game. This is going to sound maybe blasphemous and maybe hot takey. Tyrese Halliburton is a top five player in the NBA. He's that good. He's that good. He sure is seeming like he's playing that way right now. He's the most efficient scorer and creator in the entire NBA, and that includes Nikola Jokic. Okay? According to Cleaning the Glass, the uh, wonderful stats site that uses all of the analytics to filter out garbage time and adds uh, puts things in perspective as a kind of a... uh, 
collection of analytics that are very, very useful and used by front offices. Uh, points per shot attempt, he is in the 100th percentile, meaning he leads. Uh, in assist percentage, i.e. creating assists for their team, he is in the 100th percentage. Well, he went 27 points, 15 assists last night. And like, to where you're not, you're not crazy is that the comps that he's getting right now are Steve Nash. Yes. Well, and it's juiced Steve Nash because Steve Nash didn't shoot. Well, he shot percentage wise like this. He didn't shoot volume wise like this. Remember, Steve Nash, MVP. Mm-hmm. Tyrese Halliburton right now is profiling as a league MVP. He's really damn That's good. That's how good he is. He is. This is kind of insane to see, say, with Steph Curry alive and playing in the NBA. Halliburton might be the best shooter in the NBA right now. Mm, that's tough, but that, that that's the level he is performing at. Like I said, points per shot attempt over a hundred possessions, he is at one hundred and thirty nine, which is shattering. In the shattering, like records. last night, it wasn't like his best three point shooting night that no, he's, he's three had. For nine. But you don't take one game in a vacuum. What you do is you look at the body of work, and he's been absolutely. Insane throughout this this entire season. Dusty, he's shooting forty four percent from three on the season on and volume. The thing that I love about watching him now is that now you're starting to see a little bit of that that dog is coming out in him mm-hmm. because he goes up and he makes that bucket at the at the end of the game to just basically ice it, mm-hmm. and ESPN caught his reaction. That's a shot of Damian Lillard. Uh-huh. I know what time it is. He also said, I do this bleep too. I know what time it is. Mm-hmm. And he took that game over very Damian Lillard-esque at the end of the game, he where did. anytime there was an answer, he came up from the other team. He came up with one that was even bigger. And the reaction from Dame, I, and this is what I love about Dame, because his answer post game, because, of course, everybody's looking for that soundbite. Oh, yeah. It was... Spot on from Dame. I mean, it's when you. Uh, I learned as a as a kid, you know, when you dish it out, you got to be willing to take it. And for as many times as I've done it to people, you know, I can't be upset when um, somebody else does it. You know what I mean? I think that's also um, a sign of respect and acknowledgement for you know knowing my history and knowing what I do. And uh, you know, I I didn't mind it. Um, was what it was. I just, I've also known that, you know, when you having your moment is, it's important to be careful and to, to be humble when you having your moments because you just never know how the tables turn and when they're going to turn. So um, I respected it. You know, I didn't think we shook hands after the game and I I wasn't moved by it left or right. Yeah, but he also let that, let everybody know right there that when that moment comes, Dame's going to give it right back to By him. the way, they play each other again on Wednesday. <laughs> He's good. When you're in that moment, uh-huh. you know. But also that shot, I don't think it was necessarily meant for Halliburton. It was more meant for the history of between him and Russell Westbrook. Mm, yeah. Because remember, Russ used to rock, rock that baby, baby all the time while he was losing. Yeah, yeah. And it was, that, that's and where a lot of that comes from look i've talked to dame i know for a fact dame respects the hell out of hallie's game he is a he is a fan of his game he knows he is that dude so this is i don't i don't look at this as some like dame feels disrespected or slighted he will use it as a chip on his shoulder next week 
Mm. I, I, without a doubt, that is going to be something that he is talking about to himself in his head going into that game. But this was the storyline coming out of the game. Mm-hmm. It was Damian Lillard's team falls short. Totally unfair to just put it on one guy in that moment. But Dame did struggle from the field early in the game. He did start coming around. I think it, what, he didn't get his first bucket till the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, he did come around late. But what is coming out of that loss for Milwaukee is maybe a sign of bigger issues in Milwaukee because one player went at their head coach. We'll fill you in next. Danny Dusty on the fan. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. All right, so the fallout of the Bucks 128-119 loss in the Indiana Pacers where Tyrese Halliburton was amazing. Also, Miles Turner played his butt off, too, against, you know, we were talking about Brooke Lopez yep. being one of the best defensive centers in the NBA. They also have, you know, uh, uh, Bobby Portis down low that is a headache for guys. Crazy eyes. Crazy eyes and knock you out. Ask Nikola Miritich. Knock him out of the NBA. But Bobby Portis is part of the fallout from this because mm-hmm. immediately after the game, you know, people were saying, oh, Dame and Giannis, they can't get it done again. Doesn't matter who's on the floor. It doesn't matter that Chris Middleton is healthy and was, was playing 30 minutes last night, I think. Mm-hmm. But it was, they, they can't get it done. Almost immediately afterwards, you had multiple reports, including one from Chris Haynes, that Bobby Portis had confronted Adrian Griffin, their head coach, after the game in the locker room about him needing to do more for this roster and him needing to do more for this team because... Look, there it's been tumultuous in as to his to say start the least. because we know of the Terry Stotts departure mm-hmm. before the season even began. The first week of training camp, yeah. Terry was out of there. And there's been like this looming cloud over does Adrian Griffin have what it takes to be a head coach in the NBA? So let's kind of set this up the framing for this. Um Eric Nim from The Athletic uh, covers the Bucks, one of the best beat reporters in the NBA. He wrote an article uh yesterday before the game kind of detailing how things were shaping out for the Bucks, who are, what, 15 and 6 going into the game, uh, that even through their struggles, they were still winning games and right there at the top of the East, showing how good Dame, Giannis, Brooke, Chris Middleton, like that group can be even when things aren't going well. But he highlighted, first of all, Terry Stotts' departure, the uh, uncertainty around the offense, and how the offense itself was not going to be based on, and I'm not kidding, spamming Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo pick and rolls, that he wanted this equal opportunity offense, this egalitarian offense, which, sure, I would not run the most effective pick and roll because I want to run an egalitarian. No, that's very dumb. Like I don't, I don't like questioning NBA coaches because they have significantly more experience than me, but my God, what the hell are you doing? Um, and the defensive issues, which started the season with a guy like Brooke Lopez, who is seven foot one, two hundred and eighty plus pounds, not playing in drop coverage, where he's quite literally the best drop coverage big and has been for about five years. So all of these things that didn't make any sense to anybody. So you start looking at it from the beginning. And by the way, drop coverage against the pick and roll at the top 
allows him to get a lot of block shots in the lane to be a rim protector. Yes. And his, his rim, even now his rim protection defense, I believe as of uh, before heading into the game last night, he was number one. Brooke was (laughs) so still really good at it. Um, So let's, let's let's do the quick timeline here. Beginning of the season before season starts, MF's Terry Stotts in front of his own players. Terry says, I don't need this. I'm out. The guy that ran the number one offense in the NBA with the guy you just traded for is gone. Don't think that that's the best idea in the world. Okay. Adrian Griffin interviewed 14 times for a head coach spot before getting this spot with the Bucks. So why? what was it about him that made him prime for Milwaukee to hire? Because he would year? be a Giannis Antetokounmpo yes man. That has been the the underlying story that I have heard from behind the scenes across the NBA is that he is unwilling to confront Giannis about changing certain things. So you've got that, hmm. and then you've got the early season defensive issues. You've got the early season offensive issues. Now you've got players challenging the coach, and that happens pretty regularly. Very for, regularly. For particularly top-level teams because they know what's at stake. Bobby Portis has won a title. Mm-hmm. He knows what it takes. So that that's not uncommon. What is uncommon is that it's getting out. And it's getting out because they want him gone. The that's players what this is. Do. The players want him gone. That is a that's not the best thing in the world. And like look, you're so this is so early in the season. We're in December. Mm-hmm. We're early December right now. In this like the the comparisons have been drawn to It's David Blatt 2.0. David That's what this Blatt. is. It's not that he's not a good coach. It, it was in David, December when we heard it and then they held on to him though. David for Blatt as long as they could. D- David Blatt I believe still has the highest career winning percentage with the Cavs. He won something like 68 70% of his games. Mm. But he did and it's very reminiscent of it was like 80, mm, 88 and 38 mm, or something like that. It was insane. It's what Adrian Griffin is doing in Milwaukee, though, mm-hmm. too, which was he was trying to neuter the best player in the game in LeBron James mm-hmm. and spread the wealth to everybody else. And that's not not maximizing your two top 75 players. That's not it. That ain't it, boss. Damian Lillard is the best scoring pick and roll guard maybe in NBA history. So we think they make a change then right in the in the middle of the season in a year one where this window is open, but you never know how quickly it will close and how look the reality of it is Brooke Lopez is old. Yeah. You know, Chris Middleton is gets injured all the time. Mm-hmm. You, you you've Damian Lillard who is getting old and we You're don't know when the, that cliff, window. We don't think that that cliff is going to happen this year, but you never know. So right now is that time that you need to maximize it. Will Milwaukee make a move because the players in early December mm-hmm. are already calling and challenging his authority? As a head coach. Christmas is the demarcation line. If he makes it past Christmas, they're probably not going to make a change. But Merry Christmas. The way, the way things look, the way things sound, the way things are lining up, the, way, the fact that this is all coming out in the way it is, they're setting him up to fire him. That's what this is. I mean, we see this in every sport. You see the, the trail that goes before somebody ultimately gets fired. You don't ever just get the firing. But this, there is a, I mean, there's nuance to this, though, because this is all coming from the players. Mm-hmm. The front office could feel completely differently about him. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that is who's going to make the call. Players aren't going to fire him. No, but also those journalists, the Eric Nems of the world, the Chris Haynes of the world, they're talking that front office, too. They're talking that front office, too. They're, they're not. Because when Chris publishes that piece, if you don't think 
that John Horst is picking up a phone and calling Chris Haynes mm-hmm. or texting Chris Haynes, you're out of your mind. Hmm. This will. This is going to be an interesting storyline to follow. This is a time where people really do start caring about the NBA. The in-season tournament has made it so more people mm-hmm. are drawing their eyes to it. This I, is nothing new, by the way, yeah. of, of players turning, but I do believe that more eyes being on the game, people are noticing what's going on in Milwaukee a little bit more. By L- the way, they're 15 and 7. Yeah, they're 15 exactly. and 7 right now. But if they did make a change, I don't know, it'd be kind of cool to see Terry Bear take over that team. Do you think he would come back? Like, he left the team because he was butting heads with Adrian Griffin on stylistically what they were doing. And authority Adrian Griffin in the locker was room. mostly a butting heads with Terry Stotts. Terry Stotts doesn't really butt heads. All right. He's stubborn. Petty, even. But he's not a headbutter. And a smartass. Yes. I mean, he, he really is. He, he is. And that can rub people the wrong sure. way. But it, there's also that look that Adrian Griffin is giving during games where it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Eyes get big, mm-hmm. looking off into the distance like, uh-oh, here we go the again. The moment's too big for him. Oh, yeah. goodness. All right, 503-864-6326. We'll get into the absolute disaster that is the uh, New Orleans Pelicans who made the Lakers look like the best team in the world. A little bit later in the show, mm. and I, I can't, I can't do it's it. Painful. No, it's it, painful. It, it, painful is a, the po- most polite way that mm. you could describe that. But hey, we've got a great week fourteen in the NFL coming up, um, and there's some storylines in here that have historical markers to go along with it. That's next, Danny and Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 